You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 49, the Youth Worker Enneagram Project series conclusion and next steps. For the past five weeks, you've been listening to myself, along with our Enneagram coaches, Ainsley and Danielle, interview nine different youth worker guests across the Enneagram spectrum. And for today's conclusion episode, we will talk about what we took away from those interviews and what some next steps are in this project. So enjoy this final conversation of the series. All right, Ainsley and Danielle, welcome back to the podcast for this final episode of our Enneagram series. Uh, Let's start off with some initial thoughts. Uh, So what are some things that stand out from all of the interviews that we had? Uh, You are Enneagram coaches, and so you regularly work through this content with others. And so I'm curious to hear what you think are some valuable takeaways from all the interviews we had over the last month. Uh, Ainsley, let's start with you. I think the level of self-awareness by all of our guests was actually really impressive. Um, I, I mean, the Enneagram is an extremely helpful tool, obviously, and they seem to be pretty aware of their strengths and their weaknesses and motivations, which, man, the sooner we can get there, the more opportunity there is for growth and impact. And um, I was just super impressed and blown away by the self-awareness and wisdom from everyone that we talked to. Not that I didn't think they'd be wise or anything, but I just, you know, I took notes and I was like, wow, that's such a good point. I love what they're saying here. I love what they're saying about this. So um, I thought it was really fun and really cool to, to hear from them, how their experience has been in their type, as opposed to coaches kind of just saying like, yeah, this is how this type is. We really hear from those types and saying, this is my personal experience. and then. As coaches, I don't know if you felt this way, Danielle, but I was like, oh yeah, definitely. That's definitely your type. Like I was like, yes, spot on. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. How about you, Danielle? Yeah, I would say the same thing. I um so Ian Morgan Crown, he hosts the typology podcast. He says something, I think a lot of coaches say this that the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box, it actually yes. opens the box you're already in. And so I, I think the interviews really showed that, that, you know, this is who they already were. So the Enneagram isn't defining that for them, that it's actually giving them kind of a language and a set of words to use to describe how they really show up. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really loved, you know, hearing both the, this is what's coming naturally for me, these are my strengths, but also the challenges were really, I don't know if you felt this way, Ainsley, but really right on with what they should be as an Enneagram type. And so, um, and their types. And so I, I really love that. And then the nuances of a lot of times we can get caught up in, um, as coaches too, you know, there's like this definition of, okay, this is what a type five is and does. And so to hear that sometimes it's not all a hundred percent of those characteristics show up in that person, but for their own particular context. So I think that hopefully is helpful for the audience to hear too, that you don't have to have all the characteristics to be that type, but like use the, the tool as a tool uh, to help you 
hone in on your strengths and work through your challenges. So yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with uh, both of the things that both of you highlighted. Um, uh, Usually when we have guests on the podcast, I've heard them before or read their material or, or, or anything like that. And there was one time when I had um, kind of a new buddy of mine on in youth ministry uh, just to basically talk about, hey, we're about halfway through 2020. Ministry is hard. Life is hard. How's it going? What are you doing for yourself? What are you doing at your church? And that was one of the more enjoyable and fun conversations on the podcast I've had. And so I was hoping that that would translate to this project because um, some of the guests that we had on, I do know them. The majority of them, I did not know at all. Um, I uh, talked to them after they engaged in the poll. And it was so much fun, uh, not only hearing their input, uh, as, as Ainsley said, because that was very enjoyable because you could see their wheels turning. You could really tell that uh, they had been thinking about how this impacted them and their ministry the fact that this is a tool, which we highlighted in the intro uh, episode, and how if people have concerns about the origins or about making everything about the Enneagram itself, you know, for us to remember the gospel and our identity being in Christ and not a system, it is very helpful to hear a five or a seven or a three say, yeah, I have these ca- characteristics and that probably is why I am this number, but also I have these other things. And I lost count of how many guests said, I'm not sure if that's an Enneagram thing or if it's a meat. <laughs> and I love that because uh, when we talk about something like this, we shouldn't lessen the impact or the value and quality of characteristics and gifts God has given us just through the lens of a tool like the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a super helpful tool. Uh, I think it's supposed to edify us if it's correctly used as believers to be thankful for what God has done for us and where he's placed us on purpose uh, for the advancement of his kingdom. And so it was a lot of fun because I think for me, either of you for that episode and the guest, I feel like all of us learned and took away um, a lot from those and didn't just deliver information. That's what I love about this process too, is it highlights that as believers in Christ, we're constantly being transformed. Sanctification is a process and it's a lot of fun to highlight the nooks and crannies of that process with people based on their um, unique gifts and characteristics and how um, God has made them with the purpose of ministry in mind. So that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, And in order to make uh, all the interviews um, easy to listen to. We kept them all under 30 minutes. And when you have that amount of time uh, with someone talking about themselves and their tendencies, uh, there are some things that we had to leave on the threshing floor, if you will. And so let's talk about some of those things. And two of those things are growth plans and also mistyping. Um, so how do those two elements enhance our understanding of how God wired us. Danielle, let's start with you. Yeah. So the reason I was drawn to the Enneagram in the first place is because um, growth plans are, I like to call them practices because I feel like plans to me feel like there's an ending. Like if I do one, step one, step two, step three, 
I will have arrived. Whereas I really think the Enneagram is a tool that uh, allows for practices instead. So implementing things that um, are unique for your type. So what I love about it is that each type has their own unique growth practices that help them with transformation. And they're not the same typically. Um, And so that is one of the things I really talk about. The other thing I always talk about um, with even my own pastor, we've done typing for our whole leadership team is this idea that we lean into challenges instead of making allowances for them. And so not just appealing to, okay, this is my natural strength, but also saying there's a balance with that of challenging those for each type of what, you know, what growth pieces do, do they really, is God asking them to take to become their new self in Christ? And so um, really challenging those pieces. So I think one growth piece, and we'll get to this, I think a little bit later, but for each type would be really acknowledging the challenges, <laughs> acknowledged and saying, okay, which pieces of this are getting in my way as far as becoming more like Christ and then um, for kingdom purposes. So that's to me, growth practices. And so we'll, um, we'll talk about that, but I think every type has a practice that would be really helpful for them. At least one, some of, I I can think of two for type threes. So, (laughs) uh, and then I think mistyping is interesting. A lot of people mistype. Um, there are a lot of common mistypes. Um, sometimes it's because we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do. And so there's, you know, part of it is a journey. I always tell my clients that there's no rush to this. People, I can see people when I do my group coaching uh, cohorts, they come in and if they don't know their type within the first day, I can see how emotional they get. Like I need to have Mm. the number. (laughs) And part of it is it's just a tool to get to know yourself. So like slowing that down and um, for mistyping and just understand, you know, just observing yourself is way better than finding a number right away. But there's other factors that come in with mistyping. It can be um, similar traits. For sure, there's a lot of numbers that have similar traits and they're common mistypes. There's also a trauma. I don't know if Ainsley, you've done any work with this, but if you've experienced trauma when you're younger or even a little later in life, that can actually create an overlay where you feel like you're one number, but you're actually really, your core motivation is really over here. Um, Culture can be a factor. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that um, comes to mind, but like it could be family culture, societal culture. Uh, you know, some coaches actually talk about Christian women thinking they're twos because of the church culture of service. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that can all be a factor in mistyping. So I always say, take your time because it doesn't help you to uh, say you're a type that you're not because <laughs> you, you'll get lost <laughs> with the growth practices. They won't mean anything to you. So, but um, yeah. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Ainsley, how would you approach um, those two elements and say that they enhance the Enneagram, but also just maybe help bring some clarity? Yeah, I absolutely love everything that Danielle said. And leaning into challenges is one thing I want to highlight that she just said, because I think that is so important with any, any personal growth, anything, right? But whenever you're faced with the Enneagram, sometimes it's hard to digest, right? It's kind of like, oh, you're reading my mail. This is very uncomfortable. So leaning into that exactly like she was saying will be a great foundation of that growth um, practice. And um, as far as 
Miss Typing goes, I really like Danielle. I think you do this. I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is what you had mentioned prior, is that you have people try on their type like clothes, yeah. and then. I love that. I love the idea of that. That can be a good way to prevent mistyping, right? Because you're like, oh, you know, if you think maybe this is it and you're like, oh, this doesn't really fit, right? You know, you can try on another type. There's and exactly how she's saying there's no rush to this. It's, it takes research. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of practice and research. And, you know, every time someone says, oh, well, I took the test and I'm this, but I don't think that's right. And I'm like, oh, did you research a little bit about it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. Well, I would encourage you to do that. <laughs> give it a little read. Try, give it a give it a second. And um, you know, because if you're not ready to dive in and research, are you ready to grow? Because personal growth does take that. Yeah. It takes exploring and researching and figuring out. So that's definitely um, one thing with mistyping and, uh, and growth plans both is that they both take some research, some practice, some leaning into those challenges, exactly like, uh, she was saying. And I love that each type has their own set of practices. I think it's really special. And I I know we're not talking about relationships, but I know that there's that question comes up a lot for me. We talk about relationships all the time and, everyone's always saying like, well, does, are there types that go better together? And I'm in the camp that believes that two healthy types are the kind that go best together. It's not certain numbers for me. It's the health and the growth. Are you both growing? Are you both striving to be the best version of yourselves? Then, then you'll most likely be able to communicate and figure it out. But whenever two types are unhealthy, that's whenever you're going to feel that tension and that in that, um, I don't know, arguments or fighting or whatever. And I just think of that when it comes to growth plans and are you willing to put in the work to be your best, the best version of yourself, not only for your leadership role in the church, but the relationships around you in your home. And, and cause that's where it starts, right? Leading yourself, leading your home. Well, that's how you're really going to be challenged and, and grow, um, and the Enneagram is obviously, as as we keep saying, a really great tool for that. Yeah. I love that you brought up the relationship aspect because, you know, that is central in youth ministry. It's central in ministry, but youth ministry, regardless of what's going on around us, and 2020 was an example like no other, but even in quote unquote normal circumstances, being a teenager is really hard. And I loved how the guests talked about, well, here's how I am able to relate with students. And I tried this way before and it was terrible. So I realized that I'm better at this and I excel at that and it's great. And I have other volunteers or some of my own volunteers who go and do this. And once I set them up in a way that helps with how they're wired, I saw them shine too. And so when Danielle and I were talking a long while back while we were getting this series ready, we talked about marriage counseling and how people come to you as part of the marriage counseling for Enneagram um, stuff. Yeah. And I do prepare and, and enrich. And when I look at family history and how that correlates to how uh, people in a relationship treat one another, it's a lot of fun and very interesting to see how 
the best tool to figure those things out in a lot of practical ways is the Enneagram. And one other thing that I think is really important that the Enneagram sheds light on on why it should be used as a great tool is because there are things that all of us are good at and things that all of us need um, a lot of help with. And yet as believers, there are some things that are kind of mandates and they are expectations and we need to be uncomfortable, which is how we grow, right? Being uncomfortable as well um, and lean into those. And me personally, I am not a great evangelist. I don't do well in in this situation or that situation. And, and some people do, but how we make disciples um, is something that every uh, youth volunteer, youth worker, every church and their vision and, and mission statement has to figure out what that looks like. But the reason why we can't just use this as, well, this person's only good in this situation, so I'm only going to put them in this situation. Because then I feel like you can shine in that, but also it can get a bit echo chambery. You can get complicit, right? And it's almost like you're giving them blinders like you would a horse and they can just look at that where the way that we grow and and we're able to, as both of you talked about with our guests, take from each wing, you know, kind of just uh, um, thinking about what you want to do and how you want to be with certain people in various situations that God places in your path. It's never going to be perfectly in a little box, right? And that's why we need, we need to continue growing and learning. This entire project ranging from the poll, conversations that, that we had while I was talking about the poll data, getting this together, the great interviews we had with youth workers across the Enneagram spectrum. Uh, all of it was done to provide long-term benefits for all of us who work with and invest in the next generation. And while all of our conversations are available on podcast streaming platforms, uh, it would be great if all the content we talked about from the very beginning up until now uh, was collected in one place for youth workers to have and reference as needed. Um, and that's what we've been teasing this entire series is we are taking this content, expounding on it a little bit with some specifics and making it into a publication. Uh, and in that upcoming publication, we're going to have some good next steps for youth workers with those specific Enneagram classifications. Uh, and so what might be an example of some things that we talk about or places that we point people to say, since you're this number, um, it would be good for you to think about this in order to grow or make this a goal or apply who you are in this way. Um, and I realize that's a very broad question and area, um, but what might some of those examples be um, when they look at those in the publication? Uh, Ainsley, what do you think? Where can we point people and what can we give them based on their number? Yeah, I think that there are a ton of incredible um, growth practices that we can do with each type. Um, you can do that with a coach. You can do that on your own. There are plenty and whenever I'm thinking of, okay, what are some places that I would immediately go to if I'm in a season of stress or uh, just in an unhealthy place and I really want to get out of that, I want to grow out of that. There's a few things that come to mind. And then I, um, I'm i an Enneagram too, so I'll kind of give one thing that I do. And then 
I know uh, Danielle has some ideas too, and I would love to hear hers. <laughs> um, but one of the books that I just returned to time and time again, it's on my desk at all times, is The Road Back to You. And I just think it's a very digestible information about the Enneagram. And it also gives you some growth recommendations as well, some practices that you can do to stretch and be better and and grow in your type, as well as the Enneagram Institute. That's just one of the resources that I go to almost every day, if not every day. I am always on that website. Siri already suggests it for me as soon as I open my phone. (laughs) It's like, oh, are you on your way to the Enneagram Institute? I thought so. (laughs) um, So Enneagram Institute for sure. And I mean, I'm going to state the obvious ones the gospel, the word of God, you are, I believe that the Enneagram is pointless without partnering it with the gospel because, you know, you're, you're shown that you have all of these voids or holes and what are you going to fill it with? So I, that's, I mean, obviously that is that Sunday school answer, but it's the truth. The reason it's the cliche answer is because it is the most rich text that you can go to for that growth. And then community have some people around you that can challenge you that know a little bit about the Enneagram that can say, look, this might be, this sounds like you might be falling into a little bit of that stressed uh, side or shadow side of your number. So let's talk this out. Let's figure this out. Let's see what we can do to help each other as a community. Now, personally, as a type two, if any type twos are listening to this, the number one thing that I would suggest is setting boundaries um, <laughs> with all kinds of people. Everyone in your life at some point has to have some type of boundary. And I actually, I'll share one thing that I do. I take a friend inventory, and every year I have a literally an entire list of my friends. Enneagram twos will appreciate this more than probably any number that I just have a list of my friends in my planner at all times. And I, what I do is every year I reevaluate, do I need to lean more in with this friend? Do I need to pull back a little bit and protect myself? Do I need to encourage them in a certain area? Do I need to really, you know, keep up with this certain area of their life? What's going on? And sometimes the boundary for a two is to remove a friend from that list and say, this is no longer helping either of us. This is it's creating uh, an unhealthy environment for both of us, despite, you know, trying to mend it, biblical uh, ways to do that, obviously, if those don't work. So boundaries are one of the recommendations I would suggest for a a two specifically. But as far as like, if we were to go into all those suggestions, we'd probably be here for 10 years, but there are resources out there that offer incredible suggestions, um, like the road back to you, Enneagram Institute, so on and so forth. Great, great, very cool, and I love that personal example uh, because oftentimes when we're looking at a growth plan, as you mentioned with research and then highlighting discomfort, we might see something that is prescribed for us, and we're like, "Oh, really? I have to do that, right?" And <laughs> if it's if it's easy, then it wouldn't really be you growing and progressing, and so uh, yeah. That's a really powerful and great example. Danielle, uh, how about you? What uh, might be some things maybe for you uh, as a three, but um, just things that we would want to put in there for people to say, okay, how can I grow specifically? Where can I go to to look 
and what are some applications for me as this number? Yeah. Uh, well, I loved everything Ainsley said, so I feel like I should just leave it there. But uh, <laughs> um, Siri does not quite bring up the Enneagram Institute for me, but I use that a lot. They have a learn tab um, and they have everything from mistypes to type descriptions to all kinds of things. So I echo you that with a great resource. And um, the other book I've been reading right lately, I just did a workshop last night on spiritual growth for each type and um, the Enneagram for spiritual formation by AJ Sherrill. It's a, it's a little book, uh, but he go, actually goes through um, spiritual growth practices for each type. He starts with our identity in Christ, and then he moves into a, uh, what he calls a downstream practice, which is <laughs> a basically a practice that will be easy for each type, you know, it come naturally. And then an upstream practice, which will uh, basically hit at those challenges, the shadow side that Ainsley already mentioned. Um, I highly recommend that book um, because I think it, it can really be helpful. Um, the other thing I always recommend, I, did we talk about intelligence centers on our intro at all? We Which might right? have mentioned it, but I'm not sure we made I don't remember. It. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm aging my brain. But one of the things that <laughs> I always recommend is creating a balance. So the reason you're your type is you overuse an intelligence center, basically how you process information. There's three, there's a feeling center. So the two, threes, and fours overuse kind of feelings and picking up feelings from others to process information. The five, six, and sevens overuse thinking and analytical thinking. And then the eights, nines, and ones are in the instinctual center and they use their instincts. So easy thing for us to do is start to balance that overuse feeling center with the other two. So if you're in the feeling or head center, sometimes it's moving your body and acts of service that can really help you grow. If you're in the head center, it's actually doing things. A lot of the head center types have to um, understand something before they move forward. <laughs> so like just doing it and learning as they go is a real growth practice. So thinking about what do I overuse and, and then what I can actually balance uh, to bring into balance. And sometimes it's just a discipline of like, for me, I need to move my body um, as a discipline. So like, how do I, I engage in that? So just a quick thing on that. And then um, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I think the individual practices for me is a three couple things that really can help a three. One is they don't like to rest. So turning off work is really, really hard. I, I know like even when I'm watching TV, I'm scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and figuring out what could be my next post. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like, how do I turn that off? So um, really disciplining ourselves for rest and Sabbath, it can be a really good thing for a three of um, just turning it off, turning off your computer, walking away, whatever it is. Um, and then the other thing for threes is they um, they're, they're good suppressors of that feeling center. They use it to process information and then they don't really want to feel their feelings. They just want to keep moving forward. So um, one of the things for three is um, really tapping into that in some way, journaling. Um, AJ, actually, since I just did this workshop last night, recommends confession. So really getting underneath the um, the reason why you're doing things and um, figuring out like, where's the emotion? Where's the, which is horrible for threes. We don't really want to go there, um, but mm -hmm. even like the iceberg underneath. So we're at the tip, but what's really underneath. Um, and so I do that sometimes by journaling, like, and not like, I'm not a great journaler. So I usually find some powerful questions that I can write out. Um, there's one resource. I, I don't know if you're connected with the person Ainsley, but the gospel for Enneagram, he is writing uh, uh, devotionals with 
uh, processing questions in them. And he's written one for the three. And then his second one is just coming out, the one for the nine. He's going to do all nine types, but I love the three one. It actually goes through just a short reading, some scripture, and then some questions to process what you just heard about a three. Um, And so those are some, you know, there's other journals out there. So, you know, if, if you don't have his, or if you're not a three and you'd have to wait. So, um, but there's other people who do that um, and just order one of those and process, I think could be really helpful for any type. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, And as a three, I can affirm that confession element. So every Sunday uh, our church in our call to worship has a corporate confession. And a lot of times I live for that. It's very, enjoyable for me. You know, it's not something that's just rote. It's very meaningful. Those are really great and specific examples. And um, what we hope comes out of this project and these conversations that you've heard over the last month and hopefully reading this publication can really show you that we might seem like with our 30 minute or less interviews and having the same formula for each interview that we have kind of made it a rote formula and put it in a box. But both of the perspectives and examples that both of you gave with your numbers are very different and very meaningful. And hopefully everyone can recognize and see that, you know, it's not going to be a ABC. Here's how you can be the best person ever. It's going to ask questions for reflection. And with all those guests who uh, vocalized. I'm not sure if this is a three or if it's me. Um, I'm sure many people listening or thinking about how the Enneagram can be used ask that question themselves. Like, okay, is this something that I'm seeing here in this description or is this just me because of a trauma I had in my life? And I love that. And that's why I think this tool specifically for youth ministry workers is really going to help us because hurt people, hurt people. And if we want to have healthy ministries, we need to be able to have soul care and think about how God wired us and be able to uh, have encouragement for ourselves and know where to exercise our talents and gifts and the way that God wired us. So yeah, those are both really, really great examples. Uh, Well, this series has been a blast. uh, And I pray that it's brought understanding and valuable insight for, for everyone listening. Uh, Ainsley and Danielle, it's incredibly apparent that your expertise and input along with our nine guests is what made all this possible. And I got to sit back and enjoy all of it. Um, I look forward to continuing our work together for this publication. I'm very grateful for you accepting my initial invitation to join me uh, for this project. So once more for our listeners, can you tell us where people can connect and keep up with you online? Danielle, let's start with you. Yeah, my website is onefootcoaching, all spelled out.com. And um, I'm over on Instagram is probably the best place to catch me at onefootcoach. Perfect. How about you, Ainsley? Yep. And I'm on Instagram at Ainsley B, TikTok, Enneagram and Chill. And then my website is ainsleybritton.com. My Enneagram page is just forward slash uh, Enneagram. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Um, Well, thank you both again. This has been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the future of this project and hopefully making a great impact for youth ministry workers in the kingdom. So thanks again, ladies. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Ainsley and Danielle for their help during this project. 
and I look forward to working with them as we crank out part two of this project, which is the publication. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations in youth ministry to help you in your own ministry. There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. Now that the series has concluded, we are returning to our usual weekly schedule. And so next Tuesday will be our next new episode. So until then, thanks for listening. Adios.